All right, it is 10.36 p.m. on Wednesday, January 17th, 2024. And this is Basketball This Week Done Quickly. Well, I uh, I guess we'll start off with some, some sad news. Uh, Dejan Milovic uh, died. Uh, he was an assistant coach for Golden State Warriors. Uh, apparently, he, he, just, he just died in the middle of a team dinner. Uh, it's, it's sad. You, you never like to see somebody who's like 46 just just drop like that you know he's a he's a baller big time baller international baller uh of his players it's uh it's really sad to sad to see just sad <laughs> yeah so you know you, you can go <laughs> anytime man you can go so that's that's rough uh definitely wanted to give him a, a shout out though for sure uh I guess in <laughs> there's no smooth transition for that, so uh, let's just talk about the big trade of the week, and uh, that is is Marvin Bagley the third for Isaiah uh, Wivers and some picks. <laughs> uh, you know, it's a money saving deal for the Pistons. That's probably why they did it. Uh, that clears up some cap space for them next year. It definitely seems to be a priority for them. So who could say? It's unclear what the Pistons think they're getting cap space for, but hey, they're they're doing it. Like LeBron James is going to be a free agent next year. Maybe they maybe they draft Bronny and and call LeBron in. Maybe that's what they do. Uh, who could say? <laughs> who could say? Uh, other than that, it's unclear why they're uh, creating cap space. But okay, the actual big trade that happened in the week. Uh, and that would be uh, the Pacers get Pascal Siakam for uh, Bruce Bant- Brown and Kira Lewis via the Pel- Pelicans and three picks. A pretty good deal for the Pacers. They have a lot of room to sign Pascal to an extension this year. Uh, but they weren't going to have a lot of cap space this year. So it's a good use of their, their cap space to to manage to, to bring... Uh, the person who, uh, at least in theory, is going to be the top flight free agent next year. Uh, the assumption is, is that he he signed or he he was part of this trade uh, with you know the general feeling that he'll probably extend because uh, usually when you give it that much draft capital capital <laughs> capital uh, that's what this is about and uh, it, it's probably pretty likely. If, I mean, he said he wanted to stay. And uh, he said he wanted to stay with with Toronto, and uh, I don't think Toronto wanted to give him an extension. So uh, I think that's <laughs> or they didn't want to give him the max extension. Whereas I don't think Indiana will have have that problem because um, Indiana has been pretty good about paying players uh, for the most part. Like there is some weird stuff with Paul George where they were trying to kind of short short change Paul George a bit but and uh they they definitely wanted didn't want to play Hibbert but <laughs> that ended up looking like a really smart uh smart plan a few months later so so yeah <laughs> uh but yeah in, in recent years Indiana's paid their dudes so I expect them to to be happy to pay Siakam and it's a good fit like 
this Pacers team is a lot like the team that uh, Siakam was on a couple years ago when he was all NBA. Uh, a lot of shooting. Uh, you can't double Siakam at any point because there's a million shooters out there. Uh, lots of rebounds for him to get. Uh, his numbers are going to be crazy. I think it's a. I think I think he'll like playing there. Uh, lots of uh, easy baskets in transition. Lots of good passes from Halliburton. It makes a lot of sense for for Siakam. Uh, I I think uh, Siakam's had a couple down years. Uh, he was pretty down last year, and this year he was eh, had some good games this year, but most of them not so good. So uh, this could be a chance for him to back up, and if he if he plays really well, he can make All NBA, and then he can get to Supermax. And <laughs> I don't I don't know if Indiana wanted that, but uh, all the same, uh, I expect him to to have a have a nice home in Indiana. I think this is a good trade, and I think it's possible they sign him. And the truth of the matter is it didn't really cost Indiana that much. Uh, Bruce Brown was pretty pretty good for them. He was definitely their, their best defender, but <laughs> I think he, he kind of proved that one guard can only do so much on defense when uh, no one else is trying and no one else is uh, even carrying on defense even a little bit. So um, I'm sure Indiana would, would like to have Bruce Brown still, but they probably don't want to pay him that big salary bump next year. And also if they had to to lose somebody since they're not really playing defense anyway, <laughs> you know, it was, it was probably the right choice. Uh, they probably would have rather uh, snuck Buddy Heald in there or finally gotten off of Miles Turner after all this time. But uh, Toronto was always smart enough to to not let that happen. So Indiana still apparently is trying to get somebody to take Buddy Heald. We'll we'll see if that happens. Uh, but <laughs> it was uh, it was wise on Toronto's part to to let him go. But Indiana gave up very little to get Siakam in the long run for them. So this all this makes sense for Indiana. It's a little unc- unclear what Toronto is doing. Uh, I think this is a fair, a fair price for Siakam and what he is now. But uh, if the rumors about some of the things they passed on the last couple years are true, then uh, <laughs> then they didn't do too good. Uh, but you know, you never know how true those rumors are or accurate they are. Uh, maybe this was just the price the whole time. Uh, it's unclear why they want three picks in this current draft, but you know, uh, sometimes you. Maybe they maybe they have something else to go on, and there's there's a few good players in this draft. I know most people are down on it, but it's okay. <laughs> uh, it's it's not the like the worst or the best draft uh, there is. So, uh, well, maybe the worst draft, <laughs> but you know, like there's some good players there. There's gonna be three or four good players picked in this draft, just like there is most drafts. It's just. There's a lot of uh, a lot of landmines out there, a lot of unknowns, a lot of question marks. So that's kind of the the state of this, this draft. Uh, we did have the the fifth biggest loss of of uh, all time in the NBA happen this week. Uh, the 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 Blazers lost to the Thunder uh, by 62 points. Uh, 
it wasn't that close <laughs> to be honest like the Blazers had to had to like furiously play to keep that at 62 so uh, <laughs> bad bad times for the Blazers but you know uh, fifth all time but you know Scoo had some good games and they you know they had some some wins so so yeah it's not all all bad time for the Blazers but <laughs> I could not let the the fifth worst loss ever go uncommented on uh yeah so that's it for news let's get into to regular features uh team of the week the Cavs could have been the Celtics it could almost be the Celtics any week uh what usually happens is the Celtics go four and one every week and they end up not getting it because some team goes five and oh that's that's pretty much what keeps happening to the poor Celtics even though they have the best record in the league they uh, they just go four and one every week, so uh, some team is usually having a better better week than them. Uh, and again, the Cavs are having a pretty good week, uh, just destroying their opponents. Uh, blew the heck out of the the Bucks today. It did it does look great. Everybody on the team is playing very good basketball. Everyone's locked in. Donovan Mitchell's out of whatever funk he was in last month, and uh, Cavs look great. So yeah, um, easy team. Well, not easy team. Like I said, the Celtics could get in any time, but uh, still, uh, the choice was clear this time. Uh, it was. It would have been a different team who uh, won the most. One, <laughs> won the most embarrassing team of the week. Uh, had had I recorded this podcast five minutes earlier. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I mentioned the Blazers, um, but also the Hornets are in a very rough stretch. The Hornets might actually be the worst team in the league. Uh, they have the lowest point differential, and I'm not super big on point differential, uh, but it's still, it's it's really bad. But, you know, like I said, I don't like to pick on the tanking teams. Uh, and there is a team that is trying to, to win basketball games that was more embarrassing this week and that was the new jersey nets you know that uh that that uh blazer team i mentioned that lost by 62 points uh they they beat the nets twice this week <laughs> it's it's rough man i watched it today and like uh i was like we like i was about to start recording i was like i just want to see the end of this this nets and uh blazer game and uh, Man, like, uh, Anthony Simons just hit this, like, really pretty runner, and, like, it was a game-winning shot, and, like, uh, Nick Claxton challenged, like, 30 seconds too late. <laughs> this guy is somebody who, like, if you listen to the ESPN dudes, they try to say that this guy is, like, uh, a DPOI candidate. Uh, they always try to sell you on that, man, but he's I, – I, I just don't – I don't believe it, man. Uh, he's always – slow on his rotations uh always not not that great of a rim predict protector he is a very good rebounder but uh i just can't guard centers i, I don't mean to to slam the guy because it's not his fault they lost but <laughs> still um the nets are in a very rough stretch uh one and nine over their last 10 it's it's been bad it, it's been really bad are they lost to a blazers team that's very bad tonight so yeah it's the nets they are the most embarrassing team of the week 
All right. Not in basketball. I'm going to talk about the movie Night Swim. <laughs> I'm, I'm laughing because this is one of the most ridiculous movies I've ever seen in my life. Uh, basically, it's, in theory, it's a movie about a baseball player who swims at night uh, with his family. But I'm pretty sure the writer uh, has never actually seen a game of baseball. And I don't think he knows what family is, and I don't think he knows what nighttime is. <laughs> These are all things that seem to to be lost upon uh, the director and writer of, of Night Swim. Uh, uh, the events of the film <laughs> just don't, they don't make sense. Uh, not They don't make sense at all. Um, the plot is just, there's a lot of like obvious, obvious uh, plagiarism going on. Like a lot of other stories are uh, very, very much referenced, uh, quote unquote referenced, uh, but strung together in a way that doesn't make any sense at all. Uh, it's not, it's, of course, it's not even slightly scary. It's not even slightly spooky. Uh, there's a lot of like very gross male gaze stuff about a character who we're supposed to think is, uh, or is playing a, what I believe is playing a 14 year old. And it's just uh constant, just gross stares at, at her now. Okay. Yes. In real life, she is uh 20 something, but, uh, still like the, the camera loves this girl and like loves like just staring at her behind and down her chest. Uh, it's, it's wild. It's really wild. Uh, terrible film but very funny I, I loved it it's it's awful uh definitely going to be a mainstay of of uh future bad movie podcasts and bad movie nights and riff tracks and all that sort of thing so night swim all right that's gonna do it for this one stay safe my beautiful friends and i will talk to y'all later